0: Companies are making good progress towards meeting climate-related reporting requirements, but there are many taking their first tentative steps on the journey. Experts seem to have achieved consensus on one thing, though. Access to good quality data is one of the cornerstones of successfully managing ESG. Welcome to today's Workday Podcast. I'm Anja Fordon and on today's show I'm joined by Murat Sönmes. CEO of Pulse ESG, to discuss the importance of data, some of the pitfalls businesses are facing, and some practical advice for business leaders on the road to ESG compliance. Welcome, Robert. It's so good to have you on the show. Thank you for coming today.
1: Thank you, Anja. It's my pleasure, and thank you for inviting me.
0: So, we usually like to start our conversations by getting to know our guests a bit better. So, would you mind introducing yourself and tell us a bit about the path that you have taken so far in your career?
1: Sure. I grew up in Turkey and I studied engineering, but I love programming. So, I took my programming courses early on and then I went to the US for my graduate studies in the 80s. And in 1987, I took my first artificial intelligence course. And that landed me a job in Silicon Valley in 1989 as a software engineer before the internet. And through some connections, I co-founded an enterprise software company in 97. Tipco Software, we took it public, grew it to be a billion dollar company. And then I was invited to join the managing board of a European nonprofit, World Economic Forum. So I switched careers from software to nonprofit. I was on the managing board for six and a half years. It was truly transformational because there I got to see the impact of public-private cooperation on long-term opportunities and challenges. And one of the initiatives we had was on non-financial disclosures. A lot of the CEOs came, especially from Europe, and said, this is going to be regulated. Our investors are already demanding us to disclose non-financial metrics. There's not a standard way to do it. Can you help us figure that?" So at the World Economic Forum, we worked for two years with audit firms, came up with a framework. And that took me back to my enterprise software days. and Because when I asked all these CEOs how they were doing it, universally everybody said spreadsheets and emails. (laughs) And when I asked the auditors, will that cut it? They said, no way. So then I came up with the idea of a cloud-based platform, called my former colleague, my co-founder Inderjeet Singh. When I left for the World Economic Forum, he had gone to Oracle to build their cloud platform. And I said, Inderjeet, we have an opportunity to have another startup and be impact driven as well. So we formed the company 18 months ago, didn't go for funding right away, conducted about hundred design workshops with 24 of these CEOs. They were so gracious with their time because it mattered to them as a yeah. business to contribute to the society, to be competitive and to be compliant. And coming out of these workshops after six months, we said, okay, there is a need. We went for funding. We were planning to raise 2 million, ended up raising nine and a half. Wow. And then I built a platform and started forming partnerships, getting customers on board. Accenture made an investment. And then Workday recently made a strategic investment, which we're very happy about. And that's my story.
0: That is that is very impressive, Murad The company that you founded is Pulse CSG, right? Correct. For those who don't know Pulse CSG yet, would you tell us what you're
1: all about? It's a cloud-based application to help companies define, capture, disclose and improve their environmental, social and governance metrics, it's ESG. Sometimes people refer to it as sustainable. In the past, it has been a nice to have. It was put in somewhere in the annual report and people read it, it was kind of a, our contribution to society. But now that the regulations are coming in and investors are requiring it, it's become more material. So in addition to the sustainability teams, the chief financial officer, the compliance officers are getting involved and saying, hey, before we disclose all of that information, let's make sure that it's current, complete and correct. What we typically see is hundreds of spreadsheets and emails that's used to collect all that information. And if somebody comes to you and says, where did this data come from? Nobody knows. Or if an... uh, external entity accuses a company of greenwashing their numbers. Yeah. There's no way to disclose that. So we address that problem and providing an easy to use and scalable platform that is already integrated with Workday. Yeah. So our mutual customers can benefit from it.
0: So I think maybe we go a step back, even though we might think everybody knows about ESG and what it is, the truth is that many professionals that's at least the experience, still don't really know how, what does it mean for their respective areas, like what data is collected in HR, for example, what does it mean for finance sectors and so on. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Sure. Uh, most uh, widely known metric is carbon footprint. You know, what's your carbon footprint from your operations, from the energy you consume, and from the external activities is called scope one, scope two, and scope three. Typically, a large enterprise would have 500 metrics. Wow. Carbon is one of them. Wow. Another group, and if you look at environmental metrics, there's waste management, water treatment, soil erosion. There are a lot of metrics associated with the E column. Yeah. And on the social piece, this is where Workday comes in, in addition to finance, is diversity, equity, and inclusion. How many managers are what gender? And if you look at how people use HR systems, you don't have a single category called manager. Yeah. You have multiple So it's not an easy question to answer. And what's the diversity uh, in terms of your teams and locations? If you're in manufacturing, are you using forced labor in your supply chain? Where is your material coming from? Are you paying competitive prices? So it extends beyond the enterprise. It gets really complicated. And if you say there are a couple of hundred metrics, it becomes a bit of a, a difficult task to manage.
0: So how can companies actually prepare? Because we know that next year already on, right, um, it gets really mandatory, at least for companies over 250 employees, if I'm correct. So, so what can companies do right now to prepare for this mandatory collection of data to report on ESG?
1: The best action would be to adopt Pulse ESG. and yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I mean it because um, it sounds self-serving, but they need to adopt a platform like ours. We have designed it with a forward view as opposed to a lot of companies who come from different backgrounds and trying to adjust it. We've designed it for ease of implementation and ease of use with performance and scalability. Now, the big companies will figure it out. They'll hire hundreds of consultants and pay millions of dollars, even though they don't like it. But mid-sized companies don't have that luxury. So we've designed our system to be used by them. Just to give you an idea, we have a large manufacturing company in the U.S. It's the largest building products manufacturer in the US. They have 93 factories. From contract signature to phase one, live, from signature. Yeah. Took us six weeks. Wow. So we can really
0: Wow, this is this is impressive.
1: Yes, we have designed it again for what we call ease of consumption with yeah. modern day look and feel. And we provide catalog of metrics. So we already start with high level of preparation. All you have to do is configure what you want, push it out, and do the analytics. So But companies need to start looking at a solution now. They need a system of reference or record like Pulse ESG. There are a lot of companies, everybody says they have one. You cannot not have an ESG story, as we see from workday clients as well. But when you look into the details, the question is, how long does it take to implement? If a new regulation comes in, what happens?
0: Exactly, and time is key right now. Time
1: is key, yes.
0: So, and beyond that, what kind of what skills do organization need in order to adapt, in
1: order to implement? The most important one, Anya, would be mindset. Yeah. Because if you're doing financial reporting, disclosure, I mean you're used to that. It's, it just adds a few hundred metrics. But there you have the skills to do that. But it really requires taking a step back. Right. And saying what is material to us to disclose, what is coming. The difficulty in today's markets in North America and also in the EU and UK is regulations are not finalized yet. There's some and there are more coming. So, unlike financial systems where we have GAAP as a framework, yeah. we do not have that yet for ESG. There are initiatives to do that and we're following it. So, they need an approach that keeps kind of future proofs them. And if you look at our platform, we will make sure that our catalog of metrics are up to date all the time so that if new things come up, it's already reflected in our platform. The other challenge is, um, you know, we heard about it yesterday. There was an ESG roundtable. Uh, People said, yeah, sustainability was part of your corporate social responsibility. And now you have to be a sustainable business, period. And it reminds me in early in Silicon Valley days when this digital e-business came up A lot of manufacturers and clothing companies, groceries, told us, oh, this e-business is not for us. (laughs) And they had a separate e-business division. And now you cannot not be an e-business, right? So I think sustainability will be part of the overall course of business. So it's more of a mindset than the skills. Uh, But they're, I mean, they have the skills already. They just need to look.
0: Yeah, yeah. So basically it is a bit like, it's not just about adaptation. It's about actually really becoming a, yeah, as you say, more environmental friend, not even friendly, but really conscious company in every step that you take. There is no other way in the future. Exactly.
1: And environmental, again, carbon is one of the many yeah, areas, right. right? So if you look at forced labor, child labor, sourcing of materials, uh, obviously, carbon is a big one. We're seeing the effects of it every day. Yeah. Uh, but it's E, S, and G as well, environmental, social, and governance. And I think people are the CEOs, we talked to the chief executives and sustainability officers. Sustainability officers are really becoming more critical in the operations uh, because companies are saying that we need to be a sustainable business, embedded. How can we make it company-wide? But that also means that they're under pressure because they have very few people yeah. And, and no tools other than spreadsheets and emails. So, in a couple of years, I think this will become mainstream. Yeah, and uh, But it will be a challenge for the companies to get going, especially for small and medium enterprises.
0: What do you think are the cost implications of implementing ESG as a solid strategy? How should businesses think about it from a total cost of ownership or ROI perspective?
1: I don't think ROI should factor into it. Mm-hmm because like digital business, people don't say what's the ROI, you have to do it. Yeah. For financial disclosures, people have to do it. So for compliance, you have to do it, period. Yeah. So, but when you look at the cost implications, there are three costs. One is what's the cost of not doing it? Right. So there's compliance, if your numbers are incorrect and you're accused of greenwashing your numbers because anyone can say "Look, proof to us. you have to spend millions of euros or dollars. The second one is retrofitting your products and services to be more sustainable. Now, how do we make it more sustainable? And if you're in asset-heavy industries, it's very hard. It requires, again, a strategic thought process and a lot of capital investment to move to less or more environmentally friendly products and services. And the third one is easy. It's implementing a system of record like Pulse ESG. And it's, as I mentioned, we can go live in a matter of a few months. Yeah. The cost is a couple of hundred thousand dollars a year. So it's not really a high expense item. But the more important one will be how do we transition to become more sustainable right. business in the products and services we offer. And I don't think companies will have a choice. And also, if you are a small company, but your customers, large companies, are subject to these uh, requirements or regulations, by definition, you are subject to them as well. So the entire ecosystem has to prepare for that.
0: Right. And finally, What I wanted to ask you is, how do you see ESG becoming more of a trend over the next years? But you already said it's not actually a trend in the sense of something cool to do. It is cool to do, of course, but also it's an implication that we have to have, right? It is.
1: And also, if you look at the upcoming generation, no matter which country you're in, they will decide to buy products and services that are sustainable. I'm seeing that from my son. And his friends yeah. in the U.S. and can say it's a developed economy and it's kind of they can afford it. But I'm also when I talk to large companies, manufacturers, they're actually pushing this into their products because if you have sustainable products and services, it actually lowers the cost of delivering these products. Now the transition cost will be high, but the total cost of delivery will be less. So I think the society will demand it, and we owe it to the planet and the society to make sure that whatever we do uh, doesn't harm the environment or the societies we live in, but we do our best to improve the current status. And I think I see it as an obligation. Putting aside the regulatory requirements and all that, I think we all are obliged to do that as citizens on the planet.
0: I absolutely agree with you. And I think that's a wonderful last sentence for, for this show. Thank you so much, Murat, for being here today. It was really inspiring talking to you. I hope we see you soon again, talking more about it, I can't wait.
1: Thank you, Anja, for having me and look forward to it.
0: Thank you, bye.